We're back at the Call and Contact Centre Expo, and I'm really delighted to be joined by Sadie and Simon from Wellity. And we're going to find out all about what Wellity is for. A really important theme, I suppose, which maybe some people wouldn't have associated with the Call and Contact Centre Expo, which is all about mental well-being, wellness, virtual settings, and how we stay connected to one another. You're very welcome to join us here at the Irish Pod here at the Expo. Lovely to be here. Thanks for having us. And you're right, it is really important. I mean, mental health and well-being for anyone is important. And the sales industry, with its ups and downs, where the trajectory of the sales have to keep going up, but us as human beings have to go up and down. And when we are down, that pulling yourself up um, to try and reach those targets is something that can be exhausting. So we're just proud to be here today to support an industry that we know and love. We've both been in sales and to support the well-being of the organizations and the employees that they've got in with them. You did a keynote earlier. Was it something that people were expecting to hear about today at this? Because you kind of feel that this is about data and CRM and headsets and maybe even slightly what we're doing with voice isolation technologies. Were they expecting to come and hear something about mental well-being? Yeah, it's a great question. And you know, a lot of the time people expect conversations to be more around productivity, around performance, around output, around targets, but really all of that is people and the human being who, who's trying to reach those targets and to generate those outcomes. So I think you know a few people were quite surprised in the audience, but they could relate to it, absolutely. When we're talking about the statistics relating to burnout particularly, 89% of people reported experiencing burnout over the last year. And you know, there were a lot of people nodding in the audience that they understood what it felt like to be that tired, essentially. Do you feel like, it feels to me like the world in general has almost accelerated into a much more acute understanding of mental well-being and what that means in all contexts and probably the workforce there's almost this pride piece where you wouldn't want to say that you were feeling stressed or burnt out because it may affect your opportunities to uh, to be promoted for instance if you show that you're weak mm-hmm. um, do you think that this is something that people are now accepting and really understanding as a crucial aspect of um, of the workplace I think when you look at the last two years, what we've done is we've all um, understood that we're all normal people. So when you look at, like, we've been living, we've only been seeing our our showreels, really, and what we've been wanting to portray on Zoom, what we've been wanting to portray on the phone, or certainly on video calls. And people have seen each other's backgrounds, children, pets, everything else. I think it's normalified. It's not even a word, but it's It's normalized. It's normalized. people which is lovely so whether you're a CEO or whether you're just starting and you're onboarding in a company that you've not even met anyone you all have this you've all got a life behind the scenes and what we've got to be very careful about is when people do press shut on the laptop or ended the call that we're all very aware of each other's mental health and well-being beyond the show reel so in a time now that we're all remote working and no one sees each other and actually staff are joining companies but never met their teams we have to be able to look for the signs that everyone is well. Um, and, and going back to your point about the sales industry and why we're here and people not really wanting to talk about mental health and well-being, it's funny, if we flipped it round and we said, do you want higher output? Do you want less churn? Do you want your people to be happier because happy people sell? It would be yes, 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 yes. Well, underpinning all that is what we do. But if you, if you say, do you want well-being and, and every people just still think fluffy slippers and yoga, and it's not that, it's moved on so much. Yeah, I, it's, it's wonderful actually that that is the case. I, I think 
um, it was almost like investment in those sides mm. of people's roles was seen as, oh, you know, they're the first budgets that you cut. Fluffy. And, yeah, it's the mm. fluffy stuff. Um, uh, we are we're an active stand. We've got potential <laughs> clients coming in and out. We're doing demos here. Um, and it, I just think that that connectivity, and I, I wonder whether, and whether you guys have any insights on this, COVID and us being locked away was obviously a real big um, impact to so many people's lives, literally people's lives. Is there some way that we can take a positive out of it mm. in that we have maybe readdressed that work-life balance? We've reconnected with our families and our friends by being you know, at home a little bit more. And now we have to figure out the way that we um, don't lose that aspect of what came out of being locked down in that way. Do you see it the same? Oh, I'm smiling because, and I've got to pass it to, this is what I say these specialist courses, <laughs> but we look at we look so often at post-traumatic stress. And I think what, what a lot of people are doing now and what is a very positive thing to do is look at post-traumatic growth. Like we've all made it out, okay? What, what have we learned from it? People have been CEOs of their own environment for two years. They've homeschooled, they've been in charge of everything, you know, and they, They've had so much life happening. What have we learned? I'm going to hand you over to Sadie because she has got courses on this. <laughs> no, it's just a really important message, like Simon said, around growth. You know, what has this taught us, particularly around compassion, around connection, around community? What does this mean for us as people and how we've come together and got through this? And that's how we grow from adversity. It's how we develop and evolve, essentially. And I think that quality of connecting with other people we've had to pivot the way we've done that because a lot of people have been you know locked four walls and had to communicate virtually but it's how we do that intentionally moving forwards and don't lose sight of what that's taught us about people and about the quality of the interactions we have with those individuals tell us about how you deliver that then so Wellity you're a you're a training platform mm -hmm. coaching what still the floor like what tell us <laughs> a, what a what, what it is to to have a session or, or training from Wellity so, yeah, Wellity Global is, as it says, a global training and consultancy that specializes in workplace mental health and well-being. It can come in many shapes or forms because if you take some clients who are all frontline, like Royal Mail and Parcel Force, for example, who have a lot of frontline um, employees, you can't get them all in an hour, you know, in the same place for an hour to do a workshop. The same with the police, the same with the ambulance. But, for example, we supported the police at the G7 Summit because of... Um, there were issues around people just being completely burnt out, absolutely exhausted, so we supported them. And we'll do the same with any um, public service. But at the same point, we, do, we work in senior leadership teams, so it might be presenting an hour on be, how to be a mentally fit leader, or it might equally be about how to see the signs of domestic abuse. Um, so we don't shy away from the nitty-gritty. You know, people used to say, oh, what is well-being? Well, if you look after your breathing, and if you take some more time off or give a bit more holidays, you'll be fine. Actually, it's not. It's gone darker than that. And I think what we've realized in the last two years is that we have to address it ourselves with anxiety, financial anxiety, which is the biggest taboo, burnout, stress. Um, like I said, domestic violence, we have incidents of suicide that get reported to us every week and we go in and support. What is the language to use around that? So you can see these are pretty grave topics and that they're just real topics. So that could be an hour online. It could be in a workshop. It could be the UK Home Office are rolling out um, an hour long e-learning course because a lot of their people are not can't be in the same place at one time so whatever it is as long as it's got the subject at its core it can be delivered whether frontline one-to-one in person um, to big crowds or small um, it doesn't matter but yeah that's what we do what's the um, 
do, do you have any insights on home working and this phrase that I think got coined quite early on, Zoom fatigue? What, oh, head of marketing Scott called it zoom gloom the other day which I quite enjoyed and I can certainly you know I remember when we first went into that world that five second hey can I just talk to you about this if you involve more than one person you can't just pick the phone up you have to arrange a meeting now we're on another teams call or google meet or zoom call and it just felt like everything was a lot harder to do mm-hmm. is there any kind of insights that you have on those online meetings and how that becomes a barrier to really forming those connections with people at the other end in your team i think it's firstly thinking about the different tools that we have and the different ways that we can communicate and not just going to a default mode you know because like you say first of all it was zoom and teams and all these tools that straight away we have a meeting oh we do it on zoom this is quite exciting we can have a quiz and we can do all these things but then suddenly that becomes just the way that we work. So it's assessing, is this the right tool that we could use? Is, would a phone call be better, essentially? You know, how can we actually communicate for the, to have quality and that, that interpersonal element, essentially, that a lot of the time people are missing when they're interacting in this remote world and how we can recreate that and not just relying on the same tools all of the time, but looking a bit broader than that, essentially? It was, it was a default, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like, right, schedule it in. Right, I can't do it for the next hour because you wouldn't ever set up a meeting that you do immediately. <laughs> it has to be later this afternoon. And then, you know, you have that five minute where someone's tech isn't working and then someone... You're mute. You're on mute. <laughs> Uh, the mute, unmute dance, and the whole thing just became very laborious. Yeah, yeah it, it drove me up the wall, but somehow out of it, it almost galvanized our team. Mm-hmm. And you, you actually said it earlier, Simon, where you know, some people hadn't even met one another. They joined a team over the last 18 months, wouldn't have met each other until they emerged from, from lockdown. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are certain things, little hacks that you can do to prevent that Zoom fatigue. So even when you said, you know, default to having a 60-minute session, why does it have to be an hour? You know, just put it in as 40 minutes. So then you've got 20 minutes to play with till the next hour. And, you know, thinking about days, some companies that we work with, they have, like, meeting-free Monday. If that's not feasible, they might have mindful Monday. But at the beginning of the meeting, they might have just a mindful moment to just... Oh, take a breath before a dashing into the conversation. Yes. You know, giving people the opportunity to turn the camera off, heaven forbid, they don't have to be, but it's just, you know, constantly reevaluating the way that we're working in this hybrid, geographically dispersed world. And is it working? And if it's not, you know, what, what needs changing? And people need to be asked that question. You know, what do they find challenging? What do they find frustrating? What affects their ability to, to reach their potential to do their jobs? You know, we're talking about contact centers and that's a lot of pressure, a lot of stress anyway, and what makes that easier to manage, what makes it more difficult, and how can people overcome that, essentially? Do you think people were a little bit kind of embarrassed? You know, there was a thing, a trend, show us your Zoom room or whatever it was, yeah. and it was people trying to, and then you felt the pressure, oh my God, now I've got another thing that I've got to try and impress my co-workers about, but I have books in my bookcase that are somehow highbrow. The books, that was excellent. And, and I was, there, were, there were a few snippets, weren't there, where people would sneak things onto bookcases behind them that shouldn't be yeah. on there. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was, I mean, lockdown one especially, there's a lot, it was, you could, people are more accessible. So I know now when it's opening up and someone says, can we have a meeting in Birmingham? You're like, that's a half day, three quarters a day, hotel it, travel, everything. So, so it had the benefits of that. But I have never worked so hard personally, so long hours, shall I say, because at the end of a Zoom day as well, you then have your mates on Zoom because you're all encouraged to have a, a Wednesday night drink as well. There's a lot to take in when you're on Zoom because sitting here now, I can see everything 
around. Physiologically, I can pick up on the benefits of seeing people move, your reaction and everything else. Your concentration levels when you're on Zoom, it, it goes through the roof, doesn't it? It goes through the ceiling because you have to take so much in. You have to be looking for signs and signals that you would ordinarily have with volume, tone and everything else that you would have when you're seeing them. So yeah, it, it was exhausting. I mean, I still think it has a place now, but I'm glad that it's opened up and we can do this. It's almost, yeah, I think it is that key thing. It's let's take the bits that we revealed to be useful yeah. and more productive. Like you said, that half day to Birmingham doesn't need to happen. That's a call, we can mm. do that. <laughs> and in a way, uh, CEOs and leaders of companies probably felt quite fearful of their staff going and working at home and having that flexible working pattern. And maybe it's actually demystified that a little bit and shown this isn't the end of the world. Your team are still going to work because they actually care about what their job is yeah. and they care about what the company is trying to achieve. We just have to make sure we follow through on the positive bits of it, I think. Um, noise, just to speak selfishly about the world that we <laughs> operate in. So we built this technology to, to really um, stop that mute-unmute dance in the context of online meetings and make people you know, a little bit less uh, worried about the dog barking, the doorbell ringing with the seventh Amazon parcel of the day turning up or the kids screaming because you know, they're at home and trying to enjoy themselves you know, in the background and, you know, is, do you see noise as one of those fatigue factors? Oh, absolutely. It is something that people find really, really frustrating if they're trying to concentrate, it's, you know, trying to really, really listen to the person that they're engaging with. It, they, they get embarrassed. They, they, they feel quite, you know, unsure what the other person is perceiving about them, what they're thinking about them and quick like you say that I love your phrase the mute one mute dance because it's so true it's I, like, someone coined it in that. the team and I won't <laughs> steal their thunder but yeah I, I enjoy it as well yeah it's true that we see it a lot don't we yeah I, I think the novelty is going to wear off you know yeah. like you said we're all we're all it's lovely to do a zoom should we do a zoom should we jump on a zoom should we should we um but I think the novelty will wear off and I think professionalism will, will come back because if that's the me the medium that we're going to move mm. in I think then we, and it's going to be the longevity of it, it's going to have to um, sharpen up in how you present, even to, to the dress code, even to the way we are, the way we present, being on time. I think all these, these old fashioned things, you know, even that sort of handshake or how we greet, you'll have training courses on how to greet each other too. I mean, we're signing up for a trial. We have five presenters who are presenting in the same office. So it's a case of when Sadie's presenting, right, we all like, I'm kind or have at least have respect because although we do as much as we can to count it out, we can still hear it. You can still hear tapping away. And I just think the standards of professionalism, if this is the arena that we're going to be working in, will suddenly revert to our old fashioned ways of working, but in this environment. And I think to have complete connection when you're talking to someone and not have to listen in the background and take everything else in, you know, we, we, have, we have group group meetings where we're seeing people tapping away that won't you won't be able to do that anymore where they are taking their Amazon deliveries and everything else and I think while that's novelty now um, so yeah we're, we're signing up this is, is something that we would need complete professionalism on all of our calls yeah I think as well from a personal perspective when I'm when you ask the question you're thinking about what we're seeing but you know from an individual perspective and a professional perspective when I'm delivering and I've got a large audience who are listening keenly to me I'd like to think but I can hear other things and I'm concerned and distracted and that is that something that they can hear and is that affecting the quality of my message so it, it does have an impact on my energy and my well-being because I'm becoming preoccupied with what's happening around me and the impact of that noise against my delivery and I think Simon's point around going back 
more to being more professional and the quality of that message is, is we're gonna, where we're going to revert back to essentially because everyone's been kind of muddling through and trying to work out how best to communicate in this world and now it's like let's fine tune it. We, we've got it now, but let's make it really, really good in the way that we do it. So, yeah, I absolutely Well, you already agree. know now when people go, oh, sorry, I'm late, I couldn't log on. You're like, well, you've had a year and a half. <laughs> so I think whilst, whilst we've been okay and sympathetic, you know, oh, the Amazon, well, you have got an app where you know what time they're delivering it. You could have. So I think we're going to become a, a little less, un, um, more unsympathetic and more professional. It's, we say, we're all about flow state. So our, some of our other technologies are about neurological activation through mm -hmm. audio and, and attainment of, of a state of flow. That's why our headphones that we launched last year are called the Iris Flow headphones. And actually in this product, we say conversations flow with clarity because there's something incredibly jarring about the, you're in your moment, you're saying what you want to say, or you're having that important discussion and it's just ruined by constant kind of can so and so go on mute please and then actually it's almost quite mean when you say can they go on mute because then they feel like I've got a thing I have to press this button to be involved but there's the other thing where hosts put people on mute <laughs> yes so when we hear background noise as well you know we haven't been queued up to say this but when we when we do hear background noise don't we we co-host a lot of our things to organizations like I've said it Fujitsu not there's a lot of people in the room there can be hundreds if not thousands now, if they all join the meeting and one of them forgets to turn their their uh, sound off, then we all hear what Mrs. Miggins is having for dinner in the background. And so you do, you have to mute everyone. Yes. Um, and that's something that we could, we could, some people could take it as an insult, but unfortunately it might ruin it for hundreds of others if they don't. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And then if we multiply out those conversations, so I don't know, at the peak I was doing something like eight or so, uh, our platform of choice is Google, Google Meet. There are other online meeting <laughs> platforms available. Um, Zoom always breaks for me for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but let's multiply that out. Now we're talking about call centers. We're talking about mm. call center agents, particularly if they're doing outbound. They might be doing 70, 80, 90, even 100 plus calls a day to people that probably don't want to take their call in many instances mm -hmm. that are in a variety of uncontrollable environments and you've already talked about the pressures of the KPIs that they have to achieve, maybe a sales target or certainly a call time target, resolution time. Um, what's just put us in the mindset of the fatigue that someone in that sort of high capacity role would deal with? Maybe, they're, maybe they aren't working at home, maybe they're in the office and there's a hundred people around them all doing the same you know, type of call and the phone's ringing mm -hmm. and all of that sort of stuff. What, must that be like for somebody to do that role and be productive in it? I think essentially it's looking how quickly people do fatigue anyway, well, because of what's been going on in the world and their, their frustration levels, when you look at some of the more common emotions that people experience in any industry, it is frustration that they're getting really easily irritated. So if they are looking to sort of, you know, convert or qualify a lead or they're having these conversations and they need them to be really, really rich, essentially, then those slight audio issues, those noises, those distractions, those interruptions, it, it will heighten their frustration levels and it, it will be very, very obvious in their tone of voice and the other person will pick up on that very, very quickly and that it will contribute towards some tiring, losing their motivation, losing their morale. So it's really starting to think about essentially what can equip them with making sure that it's, it's more rich essentially in quality because yeah, if somebody feels that's getting in the way of them doing their job, it, it frustrate anyone, right? Yeah, exactly. I think that frustration probably 
is translated through to the customer as well. Yeah. The customer's well, like, this is a terrible experience. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to speak to you anyway. There's so many factors that, that stack on top of one another. Yeah. And if we can remove a few of those and make the employee experience mm -hmm. better, support them with tools, and then the customer experience will flow off of that. Yeah, well, it goes through different times of the day. And I've, I know call centers. We work with call, call centers and salespeople. And you come back from lunch and everyone's on a high, everyone's talking, then it goes into lulls. But there are, there are times within all those organizations, they have high five meetings, they'll have get togethers, they have everything else. There's a lot of background noise. It's funny how you went straight to well-being, and I suppose we should do in our day job. I went, I put my sales hat on there and went, when I'm on the end of a call, receiving a call, I know if my friend rings me, I go, hi, sorry. well, they call me names, but I know it's there because I can hear this. When I take a sales call from a call center and I hear the call center in the background, I know it's a sales call, I can sniff it a mile off and the phone will go down or it'll essentially affect my way that I react to that call. So it'll be like, oh, geez, John, you've just caught me up whenever. And immediately when you talk about the mental health and well-being of the other side, those no's, okay, that's part of sales getting a no, but those no's, can you bugger off? They, they take their toll on yes. someone's self-esteem and they do take those home. So when the person answers the call already in the mode that they don't like you and they don't want to do work with you, I can tell you're in a call center, why are you asking me how I am? You don't even know me. And I, I, and I go back or someone goes back with an insult or being very short and cutting. I tell you what, it is those that will do the most damage to someone's mental health and well-being. They're only trying to earn the crust. They don't expect to be insulted. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and then staff churn, and then it becomes higher pressure. You've got to achieve, and the whole thing spirals. Uh, it's such an important thing, and uh, you know we don't pertain to solve all of the problems. We're solving noise, but we want to live in an ecosystem of technologies, and not just technologies, but also techniques yeah. and you know self-help techniques that allow people to just perform better in their in their jobs, whatever that might be. I think a big part of it as well in the frustrations when we look at um, stresses that can affect people control and autonomy is a really really big one and the frustration that we're talking about that people would experience if there is issues with their audio is that I can't do anything about that and it's affecting my output it's affecting my performance and yes that is for something that can really really derail someone's day if something is going wrong and affecting that sale potentially that they can't do anything about that really really it would just affect their motivation and cause that to completely sink and make them quite stressed out essentially which isn't good for yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. If people that are tuning in want to come and find you, well, what's the web address? Maybe we can put a thing at the bottom. Sure, we can do that. So just about here or there or anywhere around here. So the website's <laughs> www.wellityglobal.com. That's W-E-L-L-I-T-Y global.com. We're on most social media at B Wellity, which is at B-E Wellity, like B Wellity, um, or on LinkedIn, which is probably our go-to in terms of the corporate training, uh, is just at Wellity. Um, so find us there, follow us all, and um, we'd love to hear from anyone. Yeah, we'll, we'll be sharing this on our socials and on our LinkedIn and form a partnership with you guys. We absolutely love what well, you do. Well, we're definitely trialing it, honestly, because it, work, it works for us. It works for our current state. And if we can form a partnership, we are more than happy with that. Excellent. Well, thanks for being here on the Iris Pod. Guys, we'll be back soon with more content. See you.